Welcome to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Discover strategies and tactics that work positive as Dr. Joey talks with industry leaders who create a positive work culture that attracts top talent and reduces team turnover. Discover how you can create a work positive culture that increases productivity and profits. Here's your host, Dr. Joey. Hey, Work Positive Nation. If I told you that pre-pandemic, like the summer of 2019, you could go to work for a restaurant as the COO, what would you say? You would run off screaming into the night, right? Yeah, don't make me go over for a restaurant. There's a pandemic coming. Run, Forrest, run, right? I mean, there's no way you would do that. But what if I told you that Dr. Norman Vincent Peale was right, that within every adversity lies the seeds of opportunity? Today's guest became COO of Smoky Bones. Go to the website right now, smokybones.com. I think uh, when you when you go to that website, you they've got a function on there where you can push a button and smell the ribs cooking. <laughs> so so just just find that and and listen to this podcast, right? So he went there in the summer of 2019, and the story. The story of transformation, my friends, is going to absolutely blow you away of how they took a a restaurant chain that was beaten up already and during the midst of a pandemic transformed the culture to one that has won the best place to work award two years running. That's right. A restaurant during a pandemic won best places to work award. Now, I know this sounds too good to be true, and you think I'm lying to you, but Hal Lawler is here today to tell this story. Hal, welcome to the Work Positive Podcast. Thank you very much, uh, Doctor. I I appreciate uh, this opportunity to be here. Oh, man, I am so excited for our for Work Positive Nation to hear this story. So you came in the summer of 2019, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I joined July of 2019. It's been a wild ride. And you, you have a storied uh, reputation from working with other restaurant groups, right? Yeah, I, um, I've got almost 30 years in the industry. Uh, most of my time uh, was with Red Lobster uh, for about 22 years, uh, some mm-hmm. garden restaurants, and then uh, joined P.F. Chang's for, uh, uh, for a few years. And then uh, we thought I was out of the industry, and, uh, and then uh, Smoky Bones brought me back in. So, uh, but it's, uh, it's, been, it's been great. Now, when you arrived at Smoky Bones, it wasn't just you as COO. You came in with a whole management team, right? Right, right. So, um, you know, our CEO, uh, you know, James O'Reilly, he joined the company in May of 2019, uh, and he was tasked with with building an executive team that would that would build Smoky Bones out back into a growth company again. And um, and so that's that's been our mission. And uh, and we've been having a uh, we've been having a lot of successes, a lot of challenges, obviously, as you mentioned, with the pandemic in the middle of that. So, but it's been really great. It's been really yeah. great. So, what was the the culture like at Smoky Bones when you got there, Hal? You know, it was it was pretty challenged. Um, you know, the cost constraints were there, the sales were in decline, and you know, if you're if you're know anything about the restaurant business in a in a, in a declining environment, you know, you really can't reinvest in the business uh, as much as you would like. And um, you know, so it was uh, it was kind of an every man for himself kind of thing. And um, you know, and you know, and there was some neglect in the restaurants, and you know, and that was unfortunate because you, you felt it in the morale, you felt it in the facilities. But again, I had a great 
core base menu. It had a great kind of, you know, center of the brand, if you will, was solid, but there was a little bit of identity crisis within the brand as well on, you know, what are we, who's our core guest? What are we going after? So there was, there was a bit, uh, there was a bit to focus in on uh, right out of the gate for sure. Yeah. sounds like a toxic culture that really drifted because of a loss of mission. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, and it's, it's amazing when you're, uh, when you're faced with save money or reinvest, you have to trust that the reinvestment is going to get the return. And, you know, and it's, and it's a shame that, but with missteps, you tend to not trust as much. And so you start withholding more and more. And it's, it's unfortunate when that starts to happen in an organization. And that's what had begun to happen with the previous ownership and leadership team. So you get there and you start to make some transformation moves in the culture. What were some of the first things you did to attract top talent? Well, you know, for one, we had to actually stop losing the ones we had. And uh, so we had to look within. Uh, we had to look within. And, uh, you know, and it, it, this is Restaurant 101, but but it was really about, you know, how are we onboarding? How are we training? You know, how are we taking care of the people we have? You know, because, uh, you know, bringing people in, you know, you, you hear this, it's cliche, right? You know, we don't have a, you know, we don't have a, a hiring problem. We have a retention problem, you know, and so we had to start addressing some of that right out of the gate. So it was about you know, making sure that people knew that we were going to invest in them first. Uh, you know, uh, first and foremost, uh, to make sure that they they had the knowledge and skills uh, to do their jobs uh, effectively. And that when we brought people in, they were going to actually start adding value, not just going, who is this person you put me with? They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, so, um, you know, so, so it was a little bit there. Um, and then also, uh, it was about, we did a work on the front end about uh, and who we were both, you know, kind of as an organization, but also, you know, what's our brand identity? Who, who, who are we? Where is our space, right? We're not Chili's. We're not Outback. We're not Texas Roadhouse. Who are we? And mm. so we had to, uh, that way we could share that purpose with our team as well. So we did a lot with that. And, uh, and we actually landed on it. You know, it's meat is what we do. You know, we are embracing all things meat. We are unapologetically carnivores. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> so, so there's no fake meat on the menu at Smoky no, 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 no. Or they call it something else. I don't know what they yeah, call yeah. it. It's just, it's we, just we, don't, we don't go there. We don't. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, man, it sounds like your back door was about 10 times the size of your front door when it came to attracting <laughs> top talent. Then yeah, they, yeah. they were running out the back door. What were some of those specific things you did, how to shrink the size of your back door? You know, I, I think this is really about establishing trust and credibility within the organization, um, because you can say all the things that you're going to do. And it all sounds good, except when people have been there, done that, heard it before and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the pessimism, the anxiety, the, the sarcasm that is embedded in, in a culture, uh, we had to start getting after that. So we pulled together a, a very quick, I started in July. In September, we were holding a GM conference and we shared all the things, all the things that, that we had heard and learned and, and, and all the work we had done right out of the gate. And actually, I shared a presentation that, that I wrote years ago, uh, but, but it's, it was called Getting to Yes. And how do we ensure that, you know, what is it you need? What is it our guests want? How do we get to yes? There might be a yes, but, you know, it might take a little while. It might be yeah. a yes, but, but, but how do we escape this culture of no you can't do that no you can't do that no you can't do that and uh and get to a culture of yes like we can like how can we accomplish what we need to accomplish whether it's in your career 
whether it's in fixing your restaurant, you know, you know, like, like what, what is it we need to do and, uh, mm. and how can we accomplish that? And so we started that journey right then and there, uh, right out of the gate going, how can we as an organization do X, whatever, you know, fill in the blank. And, um, and that began to transform the organization because we started thinking differently. The team started thinking differently about how they approach their business and how they treat their people. So. Mm, yeah. So how do we get to yes, man? That's a, a powerful question. I suspect the response due to the toxicity in the previous culture was, okay, not getting to yes, but we're already at yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. No, we actually started. We actually started seeing uh, retention improvement uh, by November. We actually wow. started seeing marked uh, retention improvement. Um, and and what was amazing about Smoky Bones was they all wanted help. This was the first first situation in my career that I've ever stepped into where when we presented opportunities for improvement and change, people just said, "Oh, thank you." Like, and it was just like, "Whoa!" Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was really amazing, and and it just shows you just how much they wanted um, support, guidance, direction. Actually, one of them said, "You actually speak restaurant." And it was like, "Well, yeah." Like, so um, you know, that that was that was a great quote. It was like it was like, "Wow, you actually speak restaurant." It was like, <laughs> I was like, "You knew what you were doing, Hal." Yeah, but um, but it was really wild because it was really refreshing. As much as people were felt beat down and restricted. They love the brand. A lot of them love the brand, and they stayed through all of that, um, um, all of this, and because they love the brand. And uh, so, when, when we started providing opportunity, you know, there was a lot of latching on to it and a lot of embracing it. Not everybody, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, there's a there's always that pessimism and bitterness sure. that that finds its root. Uh, but um, but I will tell you that the majority were embracing change, and not all of them understood it. But they were saying, "Hey, this is better than it was. Let's gravitate towards that." And uh, and you started seeing that momentum within the first few months uh, of shift in the organization. That's great. a quick transformation. So the toxicity really opened the door for change for you to move towards right. transformation. But man, you can't buy loyalty. And that brand loyalty was amazing. That that must have been the foundation that you really built on. It absolutely was, especially when you fast forward four more months, and uh-huh. then you have March eighteenth, uh, which is you know which is burned in my mind. Let's see, March yeah, eighteenth, twenty twenty. What happened then? I, I wonder what happened at that point. Um, I think that was yeah. And you know, and so as soon as you're shutting down dining rooms and you're not knowing you know what's going to happen um, tomorrow. You know, it was it was a scary place to be. I mean, there was a lot of tears uh, on a weekly basis, you know, um, you know, and not just our company. I mean, it's obviously everyone has gone through this. Yes. But, but I will tell you that 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 oper- that that crisis, basically, uh, our executive team, the leadership team had to look each other in the eye and go, what are we going to do? Mm. And how are we how are we going to assure our teams that we will be here when this is all over? Mm. And, and those decisions were not easy. And, um, and 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 the trust and the credibility that we gained on the back end from saying, if you will do this, I mean, and, and it wasn't easy. It was shutting down dining rooms, going to takeout only. It was running restaurants with five and six and seven employees. It was we actually took managers from salary to hourly. And that was not easy. 
Ooh. You know, and there was a lot of people that were like, what are you doing? Especially with pickups because they were doing all the work. They were having to do all the work, but we wanted to keep the restaurants open. And we said, if we keep the restaurants open versus shutting them down, trying to reopen, we will be able to rebuild faster. And we did just that. And, and we gained and grew market share, um, you know, by August and September of 20. Um, 20, uh, we were starting to experience growth and rebuild again at a much faster rate than other companies that were out, other restaurant companies that were out. Really? There. Um, wow. So yeah, okay. So, man, that's a huge shift taking managers from salary to hourly, uh, and you're running a restaurant off five, uh, off the backs of five or six people. What did you do, How that really allowed you to grow your market share? I mean, because you're talking about restaurants. Even the government identified you guys as an industry saying, hey, you need some help, right? And poured some money into you. What was it you did to grow your market share at that time? Well, at that time, if you, if you recall, you couldn't get anything. I mean, people were finding, goes back to getting to yes. People were finding a reason to say, no, I'm not going to be open. I'm not, I'm only going to open for right. three or four days. It's like, no, like, like, how can we be that um, that place for the community that they can trust that we will be there to feed them? And we're going to do it with a smile, right? You know, so we're not going to yell at you when you walk through the front door without a mask on. You know, <laughs> we're going to offer you a tissue to just cover your mouth until you get to the table. Whatever, whatever it is, oh, find that's a incredible. Way. You know, I've been yelled at a few not- times. I, I can tell you that that tissue made a big difference, buddy. Yeah, well, and it's but it but it was it was the concept of going. We're in the hospitality business, and actually, I shared a story. I said, "How many times have you gone into a restaurant in the in that in that moment to where there's nobody at the front door? They're telling you we get to you when we get to you. You may or may not get your food ever. You know, I said so. I said everything that service standards have been reset. All you have to do is be there, say hello, smile, get the order right, and get it to them. You're industry leading now." Just by doing those, <laughs> so it's a pretty low bar. I was like, so, so we just focused on let's let's reset it at the baseline and go. Just be there mm. and and get it to them. <laughs> and so That's and amazing. smile and smile and it was just like it, and so we actually started seeing our guest experience improve. Wow. Um, and 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 we started seeing um, you know our sales continue to build and uh, and 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 that drew. You talk about sourcing employees mm. when people can't rely on a restaurant to be open from day to day during a pandemic. And you got a restaurant that's maintaining their hours, even if it's nine to 10 versus 12 to 14 hours a day. Mm-hmm. As long as the restaurant's open every day, I can count on an income. And that word gets out in the community that says we're not closing at 6 p.m. every day. You know, we are staying open and, and we will provide employment. And that's uh, that was that's been a game changer. And in several communities, we had a restaurant operator in uh, right outside of Atlanta. He doubled his business from pre-pandemic. Doubled it. Doubled during doubled. the pandemic. So pre-pandemic, his sales were X. Post-pandemic, he had doubled it. He 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 actually doubled the size of his business because that's incredible. He maintained his hours. He took care of the people. He stole all the employees from the surrounding restaurants because they were providing a better work environment. Yeah. And and the guests recognized it, and they just gravitated to that restaurant. And uh, and it's sustained. Um, they've sustained up. Actually, he's since been promoted to director. <laughs> you know, but uh, but, uh, wow. but, uh, but but he has sustained that business. And um, and it's been it's an amazing it's an amazing story. 
sure. That is an amazing story. Work Positive Nation, Hal Lawler is my guest today. He's COO of Smoky Bones. And what we're talking about is how Smoky Bones grew market share by taking care of their people, both internally and externally, uh, with your guests during this pandemic. Okay, Hal, so we've, we've come, can I say we've come out? I don't know. I know so many more people who've had COVID now. Thank God they're not dying, right? But um, we're kind of coming out of that pandemic. I, I'm just going to go ahead and say we're coming out, all right? So what did you learn during the pandemic that has begun to shape policy and the way you do Smoky Bones now? You know, what we learned very early on uh, was transparency was was crucial. Um, when you're looking at your field leaders, your restaurant employees, having transparency about what you're working on and what the vision is for the organization, mm-hmm. what your internal flaws are, what are the things that we can't do? What can we right improve? Now? You know, like, 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 you know, yeah. Or what are, where are, where are our restraints and our, and, and, um, you know, what's holding us back. And, and that means mm. we can't get to this. We know we need to do it, but we can't get to that yet. Right. So here's what we are working on. And so one of the things that we started early on was, uh, was a weekly town hall. Where yeah. all the executives, the entire executive team, including the CEO, every Thursday from two to three, we've done this now for over two years. Every wow. single week. And what we do is we do a business update. We share functional leaders come in and they share things. And then I'll normally uh, script a, a leadership uh, message or a developmental session, a micro learning session, if you will. Mm-hmm. Or we'll bring in some other operator that has, a, has something that they want to share that might add value. Um, and so it's been very positive. I even did a series for about five weeks on, on emotional intelligence and how to, and and, yeah. And so just, you know, five or 10 minutes, right. You know, nothing too long. I mean, these are operators out running restaurants. They can't sit on webinars all day long, but, but I would tell you that, that, that weekly cadence, we actually did a vote and said, who wants to go to monthly? And it was like, overwhelmingly, no, no, no. We want to keep this every single week. And, uh, you know, because it's work, you know, we have to put these things together. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and um, but I will tell you that that transparency, the openness um, and the honest responses. And we don't I can't always say yes. That's that's my that's my mantra. Right. We want to get to yes. But but yes isn't always the potential answer. Yeah. And, and being honest and transparent has been a big, big factor because then people can decide for themselves. OK, they're not going to fix this yet. So now that I have a choice to make, you know, do I continue to stay and complain or do I leave or do I stay and be part of the solution? You know, but at least they have that decision point. They're at that crossroad mm-hmm. instead of being left ambiguity of like, I wonder if or when. Right. So it's important to just be honest and be transparent about what you can and can't do. Um, and at least allows people to make make the decision for themselves on where they're going to go from there. I'm just simply blown away that you as COO and then the CEO are on these weekly calls because what you've done is, and and you've seen it in other companies as well, there's this damning up around your operator level, we'll say middle management in most companies, where any kind of change initiative or any talk of honesty and transparency, those kinds of things, it stops right there. And okay, this far and no more, and just dams up right there. But what you did was you obliterated the dam. You blew it up and just said, let's talk to our operators. Let, let's be honest with them. Just And part of getting the yes is understanding what you have to say no to in order to get to the best yes, right? Right. 
And so that's what you guys do weekly. And man, that's just amazing. Now, coming out of this pandemic and okay, so you kept your weekly meeting. How do you measure the culture in Smoky Bones so that you continue to grow that positivity in your culture? Yeah, um, well, obviously, like any other company, you know, we're always monitoring our retention and turnover uh, performance, things of that nature. But we also we also ask questions. And, it's, mm. and, and I would say that that's a huge, huge piece to this. We need to ask. Um, and so when our when our when our frontline fire starters, we call our employees fire starters, you know, when, when our when our frontline uh, fire starters are, are clocking in, there's questions that pop up, um, you know, um, and, uh, you know, one of them, an example would be you know, would you refer a friend or family to work here, right? You know, so there's certain questions when you go into different survey companies uh, out there that will tell you there's certain ones that will get you to a cultural uh, understanding of kind of where's your company at. And uh, right now we're, we're maintaining over, I think last time, last in July, it was 93%. Um, you know, with every region, every region, we have seven director regions, uh, you know, 62 restaurants in 16 states. And uh, every region's we're running over at 90, and uh, and we're very proud of that. Um, and as you mentioned, we did win a great place to work two years in a row, and that first year was in the midst of the pandemic, which was just insane. That's yeah, it, was, it was like I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, we're gonna do this thing now. Like we're gonna like we're gonna sign <laughs> up for great. You know, it's, it's like oh my gosh. You're like Are so, you sure? uh, and uh, and we pressed forward, and and uh, oh my goodness, it was uh, it was great though. It was uh, it was really good. Man, that's a powerful question. Of course, being in the coaching business, you know, that's that's what we do. That's what we train our coaches in is asking powerful questions. So the power of that question, it's close ended, but it's still a very powerful question because you the trust, integrity, the attraction factor. Right. If I'm yeah. working here, you want to attract people like your core base of fire starters. So would you refer a friend? And did you say 93 percent company wide? We're at ninety three percent company wide uh, saying yes. That's incredible, and you do it when they're clocking in, so it just pops up on the screen, and they right, right. click yes or no. Then we do a full survey once a year. Um, so we do a, an actual, you know, that way we can get data and and look at the other things, right? Benefits, all 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 the all all the normal survey questions, uh, but but keeping a finger on the pulse throughout the year is important. Um, wow. And I love the way you focus that on your fire starters. It's more than just operators, right? You care about the front line, the fire starters, as well as the, the top line. That's that's incredible. So um, what kind of challenges are you facing? Because, you know, we're okay, we're starting to shift a little bit out of this pandemic. You're 93%, right? I'd refer a friend one, two years in a row. What are some of the challenges you're facing in taking Smoky Bones to the next level? Well, you know, it's uh, it's what we're all dealing with right now. It's it's inflation and, and it's the, it's supply chain. It's it's you know it's you know I give you one one real example because uh, a lot of your frontline employees or your guests um, won't know what's going on behind the scenes. You know, an air conditioner goes down and it's ninety five degrees. Um, you order it can't be repaired and you order a replacement and it's four months out. Oh man, it's it's May. It's four months out. So in other words, I'm going to get you a new air conditioner in September after the summer's over. When you well, don't need it. Yeah, your hair, your, when your hands are tied due to mm. supply chain or inflation and it impacts your cost structure, then it's like, hey, here's all the things we wanted to do, like invest more into benefits or invest more into this. 
but you know the cost of goods just 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 stripped away that portion of of growth that you were going to give back and now you can't you know so when you when you really um the biggest challenge we're having right now is not being able to do as much as we want <laughs> you know and because of the either cost constraints or supply chain i'll give you uh, another example we went to open a restaurant it was scheduled to open january 31st and yes we are growing restaurants it's good um, yes, but, that's um, but um we couldn't open until april because we couldn't get roofing materials yeah. And, and so we had to delay that. And that's 130 employees that we were bringing into that community. And, and you know, so wow. having to wait multiple months and then, you know, so your delays there, the cost structures, it's just been very challenging. Um, and then obviously also what's happened in the midst of the pandemic is, is the employee base. It's just everyone's out experimenting. There's a lot of experimentation going on right now. So, so you have people going, oh, I think I'm going to be an Uber driver, or I'm going to be a dasher, or I'm going to go do this, or I'm going to be a TikTok you know, influencer. And, you know, and so you've got all of these people doing different things. So there's a lot of trial going on. So, mm. And what that does for our restaurant operators is they may be there today, but they may not show up tomorrow. And, wow. and, you know, and, that, and that level of inconsistency we have to help the managers maintain the right mental mindset around taking care of their people. Mm, yeah, yeah. So how do you help those operators, those managers maintain that positive mindset? We've opened up a few things. We opened up a communication line on, on a group me channel. It's open to all managers. Uh-huh. And they just sit there and, and they've been talking to each other off the ledge. You know, like, especially it's more about problem solving now. But during the pandemic, it was like, I don't think I can take this anymore. And, you know, they're jumping on and they're like, it'll be okay. You're awesome. You know, like, and you have people just encouraging each other going, it's going to be okay. Yeah. That happened to me yesterday. And so the group me channel for the management team has been great. So imagine, you know, 62 restaurants, every manager has the potential to be on there and just chat. That's been really cool. Um, yes. Also, we've created these brand ambassadors. We've identified both hourly uh, fire starters as well as managers that are just advocates for the brand and then they're and they're out there on social media and doing positive things they're outreaching and and supporting each other so this this collective uplifting of each other mm. uh, in the midst of all this has been important but also also those leadership messages i was talking to you about on thursdays um you know and it's important um you know it's you know they're they're just small things but but i've had several managers at times they'll just reach out and go how, you know, what we talked about, you know, last week really helped me, you know, this weekend I had this happen and I thought about, you know, and it's like, and so it's that continuous, like we need to speak, we need to speak positive and we need to speak um, solutions into people's hearts and minds so that they, when they face with things that just kind of comes to them and they're like, Oh, I'm going to do this in this moment so that I don't lose my mind yeah. <laughs> so, oh, exactly. Or, or yeah. go out on somebody and lose more employees. Right. You know, so yeah. it's, or, you know. or start a fire and jump on it. It's no silver bullet, but it's that we have to stay a part of the continuous process with them. Yeah. And, and it, it's not, a, it's not a kumbaya. Everyone holds each other's hands, sure. but it is absolutely, you know, because there's tenacity, resilience. I mean, there's a lot of tough mindedness that's needed right now. Yeah. But knowing that there is support and help and assistance uh, is key. 
Yeah, you're helping them focus on the positive and filter out the negative by creating a community of operators. And that's peer-to-peer learning, which is you and I know is the strongest. And I know you said it seems small, but hey, man, small hinges swing some big doors. So it sounds like the way you're keeping your operators engaged and keeping them moving forward. Hal Lawler is the COO of Smoky Bones. You can go to SmokyBones.com right now and uh, find yourself a, a restaurant. Find the closest one to you. How Work Positive Nation always wants to know from us one thing that you would advise them to do today that will help them attract top talent and reduce team turnover so that they create the kind of positive work culture that Smoky Bones has. What's that one thing you'd recommend? Is it okay to be a two-part one thing? So the one thing I will tell you is you, you ask questions. Mm. Um, go to your team, ask questions. And there's two questions. Here's the two part. There's two questions that, that I would encourage you to ask. One is why do you stay? Right. Yes. So I need to understand why people stay with us. Why do they love where they're at? And my response to them is so I don't mess it up. You know, like I need to know why you stay. So I know what not to mess up, you know, like, yeah. we need to oh, that exactly. one, right. And then the second one is what do you believe we can improve upon? Mm. And, and it's not just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, because you're going to hear stories of like, hey, the straws are always splattered by the Coke machine. Mm. So do you think we could hang them above the Coke machine? And it's like, sure. Wow. And, and then you, sometimes it's that simple. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's the executive chef doesn't know what he's doing. He can't place an order. And if you want the restaurant to run better, you might want to get rid of them. You, you know, so, I mean, some <laughs> are very brutally honest yeah. and, you know, about, about people. And then sometimes it's as simple as like the little annoying things. I've always said, you know, people don't, our servers don't quit because a bus pulled into the parking lot. They quit because the ice bin is always empty. Mm. You know, you know, and so it's amazing. You know, it's like we need to listen to what's causing them distress and mm. be part of the solution. But we won't know unless we ask the question. So ask the questions. What are we getting right? Don't mess it up. And what can we do better? And actually do something with the information. <laughs> so uh, uh, so that's my, uh, that, that would be my one thing. Yeah, yeah. So really, it's a two-part for the two-part, right? It's ask and act. Right. Ask that question, why do you stay? What do you believe we can improve on? And then act on it. Because how if you ask those two questions and fail to act on them, you just made massive trust withdrawals. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. So move the straws. Yeah, move the straws. Yeah. If you ask it, that's what they suggest. Move the straws. How this has been amazing, man. We could we could talk for another 30 minutes, maybe another hour about the amazing transformation of Smoky Bones that you and others have led. So, man, I just want to celebrate Smoky Bones today. You guys are a work positive company, and it's amazing uh, to have you here on this podcast. How can Work Positive Nation reach out to you, Hal, if they want to know more? Honestly, um, you know, you're welcome to reach directly out to me. I mean, I'm in hlawler at smokybones.com is my email. And uh, so if you just want to reach out, I'm on LinkedIn. You can, you, can, you can hit me up on LinkedIn as well. But I'm an open book. So reach out and, uh, and I'm happy to, uh, happy to connect with you. Man, I'm better for talking with you today, Hal. Thank you so much for telling this amazing Smoky Bone story of transformation in the midst of a pandemic. Man, I'm still trying to get my head wrapped around. You guys are voted best place to work two years in a row during a pandemic, and you're a restaurant. That's amazing. So great. Reach out, Hal Lawler, uh, H. Lawler at SmokyBones.com, and Adrian will make sure that gets in the show notes for you, Work Positive Nation. Um, this guy's the real deal, as is Smoky Bones. Thank you so 
much for the gift of your time and wisdom today, Hal. We appreciate it. Appreciate it, Dr. Fawcett. Thank you for listening to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Please share this podcast with your friends who are small business leaders so they can create a positive work culture that increases their productivity and profits. Get your free 15-point work positive checklist to help you attract top talent and reduce team turnover. Download this checklist at workpositive.today slash checklist. Remember, it pays to work positive.